Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Wendy Papazan. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. Um, so today we're going to talk about, I think, uh, something that many of our listeners have in common with us. And we can look at the name of our podcast called Empire Building. And I would assume that most of us and our listeners have the commonality of wanting to be high-level achievers, right? So many of us have found that there are really six foundational principles that the highest level of achievers possess. So if you look at the highest level achievers, you can find these six sort of commonalities. And so one of our mentors, one of our heroes, you've heard us talk about him many times before, is Gary Keller. And he calls these the six personal perspectives. So there are six things uh, that make up those that want to propel to the highest level of achievement. So if you want to be in sort of that highest level of achievement, there's six sort of things that you possess and or habits that are part of your life. And all six of these things have had a big impact on the four of us. Um, and it's something that we, we've we studied uh, individually and together, um, and we do our best to live them out. So today, we're so excited because we are launching our six personal perspectives series. So we will be doing six podcasts and diving into all six of these personal perspectives. So... And I think we should also say each one of them stands on their own, right? Yes. Like each one of them yes. can can be yes. a standalone thing, you know, they they sort of build on each other, but in their own right, they're each really valuable. Yep. Yep. So today, yeah, great we're, today we're going to start with the first one, uh, which is commitment to mastery. So, um, and honestly, I would say they all stand on their own, but this one for sure is sort of the foundational personal perspective because it le- all of us have committed to self-mastery on the, on the other ones as well. Um, and so becoming a master of self, right? Becoming a master yes. of self. I love this one, Sarah, because I think a lot of people think this one is like becoming a master of something. And this is really about self-mastery. It's not about mastering anything else but yourself because on your journey to becoming a great leader, the first step is to become a great leader of yourself. And that's really what we're talking about is, is you have to be able to wake up every day and lead yourself through your day before you can lead other people. So that's really that's really what we're talking about. Yep. Well, I mean, Wendy, when's the time you've done that? Um, well, I mean, I think it's uh, something. It's something that I that I do every day. You know, one of my uh, one of my habits. It's really about it's really about creating habits for yourself, right? So the six personal perspectives are mindset shifts that we all need to have, and this one's super important because it's really about it's really about how can you become a better person? How do you, how can you wake up every day and do what you need to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish? And so for me, I would say probably the self-mastery thing that I'm most proud about is my commitment to my health and my fitness. Mm-hmm. And uh, for someone who didn't grow up, you know, I was a championship debater growing up. So fitness was never my thing. Um, I loved to ride my bicycle around and I was a good debater and I played the flute. So there you go. Uh, there's there's no soccer in there. There's 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 no cheerleading. Nothing like that. Um, and so for me, I didn't really start my fitness journey until I was actually my fitness journey started after I graduated from college, and I took a trip around the world. And I did things on that trip that gave me a sense of accomplishment over my body. 
uh, you know, I would hike mountains and just traveling really made me feel like I could do whatever I wanted to do in my body. But then like fast forward, it wasn't until after I got and had my kids that I really started to go down a certain kind of fitness road. And uh, so I've been working out with a personal trainer for seven, eight, nine years or so. So so can I real quick, because I, I love this example um, and what you said in the beginning to clarify in terms of really becoming a master, commit to a ma- um, self-mastery. I think you guys hiring that that personal trainer, there was something that you had to understand about yourself to then mm-hmm. make the decision to hire the personal trainer, right? What mm-hmm. was that? Um, yeah, well, I think everybody, you know, it, it's actually will be the, the the sixth personal perspective, which is accountability. And everyone needs accountability, maybe not in every part of your life, but for us, for sure, that was a way to, to A, get a coach, right? To get a trainer, to become better, to learn more. And, um, and then also know that, you know, when someone comes knocking on your door at 5.30 in the morning to work out, that's accountability, right? So that, that caused us to get up and do that. And now it's a habit. You know, you know, eight years in, for sure, it's a habit. We don't really need that person. We could get up and do it if we wanted to. And I would say that we work out harder and we push ourselves more with that trainer there still. So, yeah. And I remember the money, right? Spending the money on it was a big deal too. Yeah. Yeah. It's very expensive. I mean, especially at the time, eight years ago, we were in a very different financial place. Yeah, I I love that story, and and I I was hoping you were going to answer it with with that because I always you know I often I should say think about that. I think that for a lot of us, you know, and a lot of our listeners too, I I think about myself and I think about my son and, and different people I know, and I grew up as a piano player, and I I started lessons when I was five, and and by the time I was in high school, I was in like the Seattle Young Artists Competition, thought about being a music major, ultimately didn't become a music major, but did perform and play through college. Uh, I made a a deal with the music department. They allowed me to use the practice rooms because it was kind of a form of stress relief, Um, but I had to perform in the recitals. So, you know, like I performed at my high school graduation and and all through high school in their recitals. My dad was a music performance major. My son is a music performance major. And I watch him in his pursuit of mastery. And and I've often thought to myself, like, what was the end goal of me putting hours and hours into piano, knowing I was never going to be a musician? I I watched my son hours and hours into the pursuit of that. And I think he's not going to be a professional musician. And I know this because we talk about it. Mm -hmm. But there there isn't, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing in life to have a pursuit of mastery in something and to... To, to live a life where you are pursuing mastery in something, where there's an expectation that there's a love and a passion behind something that you are pursuing mastery to, that you have an expectation that, that you're going to develop the skills to be the best in class or the best you can be, and that you, you, that you fall in love with the process of that process, right? And so I think that, you know, that, that, that self-mastery, mastery of a skill, of a tool, of whatever it is, you know, and we talk a lot about business, but I love that we're using personal examples. I think there's so many parallels to life and our kids, you know, sports and, and music and, and whatever the thing is, you know, there's so many great lessons that you can take from those, right? As you get older and you become maybe empire builders, because that's what our podcast is called. 
right? Empire building. You know, you can take all of these great things like Wendy, all the things you were just saying, you know, you grew up doing, you you were pursuing mastery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and I love that. And I love that pursuing mastery can help you on the road to, to self-mastery because if you're going to wake up and become great at playing piano, you need to you need to get out there and practice every day. And that's the self-mastery part that leads to the mastery of the skills. A lot of people think that um, becoming a master of self or studying yourself, knowing yourself is selfish. And that's the first step is, is really knowing yourself. A good quote from Leonardo da Vinci was, one can have no smaller or greater mastery than mastery of oneself. So being able to master mm. yourself. Um, and so that's what we're going to... Talk about today. Is how, how do you do said that? by an old master? Yes, yeah, said by an old master. yeah, That's yeah. It. Well, there's really three things that show up when someone is committed to self mastery. Uh, the first one is know your goals, right? Really understand where you're going and uh, why it's important for you to go there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, know your goals. Nothing changes into until you do, right? So that starts with knowing what is your goal. How are you doing with your goal? Checking in with your goal, right? How do you feel about that? You know, and what your future is going to look like if you hit and achieve your goal and if you don't achieve or hit your goal, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing your goals, knowing what the impact of those goals will have if you both hit them or, or not hit them. I always say, ladies, you know, clarity up front is really the secret sauce of a lot of things in life. And, and knowing goals uh, is so, so important, right? And I think when you're talking about pursuing self-mastery, especially when you're talking about pursuing self-mastery, there's so much process involved, right? If you are going to commit to the process, which can sometimes be a grind and sometimes be monotonous, you know, we always say fall in love with the boredom of mastery. You know, you have got to understand and have a clarity up front of goals. What are you trying to achieve? You know, what are what is it? Maybe it's a micro goal. Maybe it's a, a milestone. Maybe it's a macro goal. But if you haven't attached a purpose or a goal or an outcome at some level, it, it's very hard to get through that grind. Yeah. I think you guys yeah. would agree. It also, I mean, keeping the end in mind, right? That's a big part of knowing the goal is, is so important. I mean, I, I've talked about this before with even, you know, saying no to things, right? What is the goal of going to that event? Or what is the goal of put adding that to my life? And a lot of times we say yes to things and then we don't know what the goal is, right? So what is what is the goal, right? How do you guys like set goals in terms of different parts of your life? Uh, well, we start with our goal setting retreat. So I, we set goals as a couple. Yeah. And um, we, we've done an annual goal setting retreat and those goals go way out. So we set, we set five-year goals and sometimes they're kind of like 10-year goals actually. And um, so that's where we start. And then we come back from that goal setting retreat. And, you know, we, I also have goals for all my businesses. So we do, basically we do, we have five-year and annual goals for each business, kind of depending on the business. You know, our our Amplify Five Dolls business, if I'm honest, only has a we're only at the one year mark right now, but at some point, probably after this year, we'll we'll start thinking a little bit bigger. And then yeah, we then from there the annual goals turn into monthly goals and the monthly goals turn into weekly goals. And then every day I wake up and start out with a priority list. 
Yes. And that so- sounded so beautiful and simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is, that's literally it, like George and I simple. did our first couples goal setting retreat now almost a, a year ago. And I will tell you, we've never been so clear as a couple in terms of, you know, what, what we're working towards and why we're doing what we're doing and what we're uh, trying to achieve through that. Um, so always starting with knowing your goals is really um, how you see someone show up when they're committed uh, to self-mastery. So the second thing is, and honestly, probably my favorite, (laughs) is to know your strengths and weaknesses. So Mm -hmm. your commitment to self-mastery shows up when you know yourself in terms of your strengths and your weaknesses. Um, I know that many of us use a resource um, called Strengths Finders. Um, and we've talked about that uh, before, but that's a great resource to know um, know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, but knowing what those are and focusing on it, right? I know in the book, Strength Finders, he says like, our society is made to focus on your weakest points, not your strongest points. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine society if we were just all focusing on what we're already gifted at, right? Already strong mm-hmm. at, so... Mm-hmm. Well, and I think some of that comes from the way our public school is set up. Yeah. You know, and um, it is, you know, what do you want to avoid at all costs? Well, you don't want to get an F. You don't want to fail at anything. And then if you are, if you are doing poorly in a subject, you get, you get a, a tutor or you get some help in the subject that you're doing poorly in because our, our public school system actually teaches us. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but it teaches us to be generalists. Mm-hmm. And really, if you think about it, if if we were serving our kids right, if they were excelling in a subject, that would be the subject we would get them a tutor in. So I think about your son, Michael Dia, who's so gifted, uh, playing the oboe yeah. and uh, probably probably he sucks at, I don't know, playing the guitar. And uh, and well, so what he it, sucks at English, you know, right? Or yeah. language. Mm-hmm. And he's a math and, and a music performance major. Wendy, he got a D. In French, yeah. So it's like it's so it's like what if what if what if you'd said, listen, we're gonna you're gonna, you have to cut out music right now so that we can we can bump up that French grade, yeah. and 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 literally people do that. Like literally, that is kind of the way our school system set up, and so that is part of the issue is that we do teach people to become generalists, and then they then they come out of school. And and I'm not railing on the public school system. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, anybody who's listening who's a teacher, teachers are wonderful and amazing. And, you know, my kids went to public school for many years. And, but the reality is, is kids come out and they don't really know what their strengths are because we've taught them to, to think that everything is important. You know, there's, there is one thing that I will add to that, Wendy, which is I think our school systems in general are trying to figure that out more than they've ever tried before. And, you know, you see whether it is like these athletic clubs that have more specialties than they've ever had, or you see like the school systems. I know at least with Dallas, they're really trying to find a place for every kid. And so we have more Montessori schools that have launched. We have more STEM academies. We have more talented and gifted. We have more like individualized learning schools than we've ever, ever had. Because I think a lot of these big school districts are trying to figure out that exact thing of how can we help lean in on a kid's strengths and help them develop that at a younger age. Um, But it's not coming without a lot of money, time, work, effort to get there. Um, And I can't wait to see what the generation of kids coming up today, you know, I'm thinking about even your kids, Wendy, like, man, what a leg up all of our children have compared to what we had you know, 20, 30 years ago coming through school. 
Well, even outside of school, a really, really good discussion. I kind of love this topic because I've viewed forever, really, my role as a parent in, in, you know, developing my kids is to find the thing, you know, that the, 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 the strength zone and then, and then support it. Right. And so, you know, Michael's easy because it was just random instrument. It was just easy to support that. <laughs> but but it's sometimes harder, like, you know, my 11-year-old Zoe, we're, we're trying to find that thing. And a lot of you guys relate to this. You know, even if you don't have kids, you know, if you're mentoring kids, you have nieces, nephews, your, your best friends have Perhaps kids. Perhaps you were a child once. Perhaps you were a child once. Or, you know, or you just have younger people you work with, maybe, that you mentor trying to kind of find that strength zone and, you know, what can you do to support that? You know, whether it's kids or, or a mentorship relationship, I mean, that's that's a whole topic, right? Yeah, I love and, that. And Sarah, what I love about you is you celebrate this. Like, I really do think about you. I sort of attach you to this topic because I think that you've done such a great job weaving this topic into your leadership yes. style and into your 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 organizational culture so well. I, I really admire you for not just your your self-study in it, but how you you interweave it so well with your teachings and your team and you you just do a great job. Well, you can see such a difference in someone when they are working within their strengths and within their strength zones. And then also they know their weaknesses to where they can say, I'm you know, I'm out on this. Like I I've been, I'm horrible with logistics, like horrible. So now I'm just like, I'm not anything logistical. I'm out. Like, because I, I, I learned myself that that's just not what gets me going. That's not fills up passion for me. And I'm not naturally good at it. So I think knowing yourself and studying yourself in terms of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, you know, there's so many resources you can go to. The other big thing is many times strengths are so natural to you. Mm-hmm. You don't know you think it's common sense or that everyone is like that. That's a great point. And so sometimes asking other people around you, like, what do you think my strengths are? Like, you know, if if you're having trouble knowing or understanding yourself in this way, ask those around you. Many times they will see things that you're like, oh, everyone doesn't do that, right? And they'll point out things for you. So taking time to learn who you are um, is so, so valuable. So, so valuable. So Sarah... You know, I'm curious anyway, how do you use weaknesses to reach your goals? I think that's, you You need to hire two of them. Like, I think that's, that's a big part is like making sure that you're, the self-awareness, right? So my last is empathy, is my last strength on the strength finders. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think me too. <laughs> I think mine too. And so just like working together with your team when you know, okay, like, I mean, that's not good, right? I, I don't like, but working, making sure I'm surrounding myself with that's it's not, not, it's not that's bad. very good. I don't think we need to attach a judgment to anything. It's just who you are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying a, a good team or a good empire, good organization needs some empathy. And so like if oh, you are sure. a leader... Yeah. That's not your thing. Okay, surround yourself by people to make sure that everyone's, you know, being loved on and the goal can be attained, right? I can, like, and I can give you an example of, like, how that has played out in our organization. So, like, Woo is not in my top five. I admire it. I love it. Several of you have it. I think it's freaking awesome. And it's not something I naturally do. Like, we hit a goal and we move right past it. Like, I don't even, like, maybe a high five and move on. And we've had to schedule Woo in our calendars 
Like, and we've had to schedule celebrations in our calendars and even like appoint a director of fun in our organization. And it's not that I don't want to have fun. I love to have fun. I love to celebrate. I just don't naturally plan it. And so in our organization to make sure that that's a part of our culture, since that's not in my top five, like we have really been purposeful about making sure that that's a part of our organization, but we've had to be a lot more focused on that coming in because I don't naturally sit and like do that on my own. So that's something that's shown up in our organization that had to be really purposeful about adding in. I love that. Yeah, I think that in using weaknesses, what what you're doing is you're providing opportunity to others and you're empowering others and they feel powerful because I think sometimes when they look at, well, I look at you three amazing women. I look at, you know, leaders I work with and I think they're so talented. I could never be them in, in these certain realms. But when they say to me, you know, I'm really not good at X. And, and you're amazing at X. That, that makes me feel amazing and it empowers me. I think they think I'm good at X. I know I'm good at X, you know, and, and that's their weakness. Well, that's my strength. We are a great team, you know, and so we can actually use weaknesses to, to really empower the whole team in a really great, great way. Right. And that, that kind of, you know, goes into, I think, you know, you talk about self-mastery. Well, we've naturally moved into team and, and leadership well, mastery. Well, the, thir- well the, third, the third thing is exactly what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Is so know how to work with both your strengths and weaknesses. Well, I kind of did that. Goal, right? <laughs> you know. I know. I, I know. We're already there. Of, we know. pulled a Seychelle. We Thank moved you. on without saying. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so know thyself and then using your strengths and weaknesses to then be able to reach your goal, right? Which is what we're talking about in terms of business, a a lot of. So One of my first key hires, Erica, who's been with us for 12 years now, we um, hired her from the real estate school, but we'd actually cheered together in high school. So we've known each other forever, but never worked together organizationally. And when I recruited her, we utilized, you know, what we at Keller Williams call the personality assessment, the KPA, where it talks about some of, you know, your your strengths and um, some of the core competencies you need to hire. And when you look at our two graphs next to each other, they are polar opposites, like exact opposites. And I held them up and I showed them to her. And I knew I knew she would be a great fit for us when we hired her, but I showed them to her and she looked at it and she said, I don't match yours at all. Did I fail? And I remember looking at it going, no, this shows you how badly I need your help because I don't have any of your strengths that you have. And it's so true. I mean, she, like, Sarah, I think to, you know, the point of one of your recent former executive assistants, right? She literally sees problems or challenges or or, or issues without even me realizing they exist, solving them, making them happen before you even know that it was an issue. And so having having those people that complement your strengths by having their own set is so important in an organization when you're looking at leadership. So true. I know we need to move on, but I um, this is so powerful. Uh, this one thing can really change uh, change your life, change your organization, change your family. At, you know, for me, one of the big things that has shown up in a big way in the last year is I am not a rapid problem solver. I'm very low on problem solving quickly. Okay, so when things, I have to think about it. I have to, well, with the size of our organization now, it has really, it was really hurting us about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I said, my- Slowing everything down? 
Yes. Mm, I, slowing everything down. Yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. And I was not adjusting quickly when I, I was not making fast enough adjustments when I would see them, right? So I knew my next key hire had to have rapid, rapid problem solving. And I have to trust when something needs to be rapidly problem solved, their skill and or their success rate and or experience. And so I went on a journey to find that person because I knew I was slowing us down. And man, the last year having someone beside me that is rapid problem solving has made the world of difference. The world of difference. That's so, cool. That's really cool. Well, and imagine imagine if the whole world woke up every day and worked at a job that utilized their strengths. Yeah. You know, 70% wow. of Americans yeah. hate hate their jobs. Yeah. They go to work every day. They dream about the weekend. They hate Mondays. And that's because they're working in a job where maybe maybe their dad was an accountant. And so they thought, you know, I'm pretty good with math. I want to be an I, I'm going to be an accountant too. And nobody ever really told them, hey, really, you know, maybe you're more of a people person. And so they go to this job every day and they're competent at it, but they can't figure out why they come home and they're so tired every mm. single day, right? So if that's you and you're exhausted every single day, either you're working too much, or more likely you are working in a job where you're you're not working with your natural strengths because because it, it's like it's like Bia said mm-hmm. sometimes your superpowers you can't even tell that they're superpowers so you come in and that's really what we're doing as we're growing our empires we're getting more and more clear about the things that we're good yeah. at we, we're becoming more and more of a master over those things and we're really giving up everything else and I'm going to give you guys a little sneak preview of our of the episode that's coming up next which is which is the 8020 principle which is exactly what we're talking about here we're giving up most of what we're doing and the further we go in life we're just waking up every day and doing the things that really matter the most and really bring us the most joy yeah and what this reminds me of what that exact thing reminded me of and I think I even told the story on this podcast but do you guys remember when I was sharing that I went to a Mariners game with a group of friends and it was just a random Thursday and and we got to the game and everyone's like how was your day and you know we're toasting mm-hmm. and we were in a suite and and I was like I had a great day at work and everyone kind of stopped and looked at me they go what are you talking about I go I just had an awesome day at work they're like what do you mean like did something happen I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, no, not nothing in particular. It was an awesome day. <laughs> yeah. And like, they were like, it, no, and I'm dead serious. Males, it was three couples, men and women alike. They they all stopped in their tracks. They go, where could, like, did you get a promotion? Did, like, what happened? Did you get a sale? Like, what? <laughs> I go, no, I'm nothing in particular. What is wrong? <laughs> and they're like, I've never, what's, they're like, we. no one says that. That you, that you just had a random, like a great day at work. Who are you? They were blown away that someone would just say that. Yeah. That's because you're, I, well, we're, we're all blessed. Yes. I yes. just had this yeah. huge aha because, like, I, like, Wendy and I have been talking offline this week. It's been like a really stressful couple of weeks over here. And I have gotten back a couple of jobs that, then I'm going to call them jobs because that's what they feel like right now, that are not my natural strengths. And I am exhausted. Mm. And Via, you're so right. It's because I am not a natural caregiver 100% of the time for my dad. And I'm not a natural teacher for Quinn, who still doesn't have an assigned teacher at school. And I'm like an exhausted human being. And you're right. It's because I have the wrong jobs with those two. And I'm working to get leverage. I'm working to hire my way out of those. And while I'm still stuck in it, y'all are right. That is 
That is yeah. completely going against my natural strengths and it's exhausting. So thank you. That's a great aha for me today. So thank you. And you still have to get reminded. Yeah, thank you, you know, it's just one of those things we all yeah, keep getting that's reminded. Great. We get stuck in the weeds, yeah. say. You and, know. and as we're growing our empire, it's very possible that we will take on many jobs that are not our dream jobs. Totally. You know, all of us have, have to had get every, done. every job in our company. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell everyone I fired myself from all of the jobs. <laughs> yep. And um, you fired yourself up because mm-hmm. I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. But I, did. I fired myself. Mm-hmm. And here's yeah. the problem. When you're competent, you're yes. just good enough. I can Adam, fake it. Right? I can fake it. It's the worst mm-hmm. because you can screw yeah. things up yeah. a lot when you're just good enough, but you're not great. That, that's not the, good. I'm sorry yeah. to call it like that's the gritty thing. Like the grit just to push through because yes. that's the right, yes. the, what's that's needed what I'm in, in right the moment. Right? Yep. No, it's good. You have yeah. to do you it. You do have to do Until it. you don't. You don't. And yeah. then, you can't, then you hang yeah, on exactly. too long. My aha is I got to get rid of this faster though because this I'm in the grit and it is gritty. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really yeah. good feedback. Well, it, yeah, it, it's it's truly. Um, this is all a journey. It's not an event. Learning um, to be a self master and being able to see that faster, right? When they, I mean, it's really a journey, and it takes many times, many years. Um, this doesn't happen over overnight. And certain things we go through at times changes ourselves, right? And so it's a, it's a journey. It's not an event. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. And the, I love that the factor of that success yeah, is so true. time on yeah. task over time. Ab- absolutely, hundred percent. Well, today has been great. It's our uh, initial. Um, kickoff of our six personal perspectives. And so I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's it's the road to mastery, right? It's really about, not about mastering something, but really about mastering yourself. And my big takeaways from this were, if you're going to be a leader, you have to lead yourself first. Yes. Um, and it's a it's a journey. It's not a destination that we're on. Like everything else, it, it can be boring. It's time on the task over time. It starts with focus and knowing where you want to go. It also starts with knowing what your natural strengths are. And it doesn't mean you have to always go with your natural strengths, but it definitely makes everything easier and you'll have a lot more energy when you're doing it. So uh, tune in for our next episode, which is going to be our second personal perspective on the 80-20 principle. And we're so glad you joined us today. So go out and build a big business and an even bigger life. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.